and welcome to the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is July the 27th, 2023. His name is Alex. My name is Frank. A good day to you, sir. Happy Thursday. It's been a while. It has, hasn't it? Has, man. I was uh, up in the wilderness of northern Wisconsin last week, so I'm sorry I missed that interview, but it was pretty good. Yeah. Talk to me. How was it? Oh, dude. It's the best. It's honestly maybe my favorite week of the year, every year. Nice. Um, we go up to Door County, more specifically uh, Sturgeon Bay. Um, it's like a little bay right off of Green Bay, but we're like an hour north of the city of Green Bay, just way the fuck up there. Pretty much like Canada, it feels like. Just surrounded by wilderness, dude. And me and Zach went up there early. We went up there Monday through Wednesday by ourselves and basically just golfed and got into a bunch of shenanigans together. Nice. And then the fams came and joined us on Wednesday through Sunday and we just, you know, did the fam things and hung out and a bunch of campfires and we always rent a uh, pontoon boat get wild out on the bay. Um, but great time, dude. Great time. I always come back like just like a little mentally clear and uh, it's always needed. Fun. Fun. Yeah. I'm happy. I'm happy good. for you. That uh, that sounds like a blast. I love camping. Don't do it nearly enough. Yeah. And, and we got the golf went really well. I mean, there's some nice courses up there. I was hitting the ball decently. Me and Zach started doing this thing when we play together. We do like combined best ball just to kind of see what we could shoot together. And we still suck. We still yeah. suck. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know that that would make a giant difference, but. <laughs> We're not a great scrambles team, we found, but it's always fun that way, so. Well, that's cool, man. I, I had I had a week of work travel, which is far less fun than I than I think what you did, so. Yeah. So good yeah. for you. I was everywhere, man. I was in uh, Reno, Nevada. Oh. And then I was in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. Ate a lot of barbecue. <laughs> How does it work with like the new setup? Like I, your co- your company's like West Coast based, but now you're East Coast. Uh, are you just going to be flying a bunch? No, this travel was like pre-planned, so it, it was kind of baked into the into the deal. I I, I definitely don't want to be traveling as much, but both of these both of these trips kind of needed to happen. So, okay. it, but it's funny you bring that up because I one thing I didn't account for being out here was traveling in weather. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. In Southern California, people love to talk about the weather because it never happens. There's no weather in Southern California. Like it rains and it's an event. I had my flight delayed three hours because of a storm, but like I, I we had already taken off. It was actually really surreal. Mm-hmm. We had taken off. And then about 15 minutes after we had taken off, I looked out the window and we were like shockingly low to the ground for having taken off in 15 minutes ago. Yeah. And I got super worried. I was like, why are we so low? <laughs> like, uh-huh. this is not normal at all what is going on and nobody like seemed to notice. And almost like immediately, as, as soon as I had that thought, the captain came on the, the air and was just saying that the Baltimore airport, which we were flying into, wasn't taking passengers and then New York and Boston closed their airspace because of a storm. So we had to fly back to, to Syracuse. And, mm. oh, yeah, dude. So it, 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 there was a lot of that this week, a lot of that. Did you have to deplane or did you just sit on the tarmac for two hours? Sat on the tarmac for an hour, deplaned, was were in the terminal for another hour, and then reboarded. And God. so all in all, it was about three hours. That sounds terrible. I, I got I, the, three times this week, I got to my destination w- well beyond midnight. Ew. Yeah. Ew. So uh, first world problems of Thornton. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, you know, it is what it is. So I don't know if you've caught on to this, but like ESPN is begging me to watch the WNBA. I mean, like they're almost offering to pay me to watch the NBA the amount, the amount <laughs> that they're pushing it. Have you noticed this? I have. Yeah, I definitely have. It's ridiculous. 
Mm-hmm. I understand it, but it's, it's crazy. I came across this article that I think on the surface is rather controversial, and it asks a very simple question. Should the WNBA lower the rim? Mm, I like it. Honestly, I like it. I think it would make it more interesting to watch. The big bash on the WNBA is always that it's just not, I don't even want to say athletic, but just call like it not how as, it is. It's boring. It is boring. It's not as fun to watch. It, fundamentally, they're doing shit They're because it's a shooter's game. Like it, that's what they're doing out there. They don't really dunk that often. It's very rare. So, I mean, like fundamentally, and if you're like a, a true basketball fan, you might be into it, but like watching the NBA is so much more interesting because they're, you know, dribble driving, slam to the hoop, and they just do it's just so much more versatile and what you're watching. So the idea of lowering that so that more of them could do that is like very interesting. I think it actually would probably help with viewership, but purists of the game, I don't think would let that happen. And like, would probably just like call it like a sexist rule. Well, right. I mean, I think like, like on the surface, it's, it's a very sexist misogynist thing to just be like, this game is boring because the women aren't as athletic or can't do the same thing that the men can do. So, you know, make it better for my viewing pleasure is basically what, you know, what the message is there. However, there, there's an article in medium.com caught my eye and it seems to be almost a no brainer to lower the rim. And, and here's why. Elena Del Don, who's a five-time all-star WNBA MVP, she's actually been a proponent Um, for lowering the rim in the WNBA. And she makes a a few good anecdotal points. In women's volleyball, the net is lowered seven inches for women. The tee boxes in in the LPGA are moved up significantly for women. And in women's tennis, they play less sets than the men in Grand Slams. Which is bullshit, bro. I've always said that's such bullshit. I I don't, yeah, I don't know much about tennis, so I I can't really speak on it. It seems, that seems more like a, like a, here you go, ladies, this is for you kind of thing, you know, like, 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 with tennis, it's not, it's basically saying like, you don't have the endurance of a man, which I I would disagree, I would disagree with, like a, a woman could last playing tennis just as long as a dude, like, I don't, that doesn't make sense, like, the WNBA is a, a more boring sport to watch because of of that athleticism difference. But in tennis, that that's not there. Uh, and the, the same way with soccer, I've so, women's soccer is very fun to watch because like you don't that's that lack of I don't want to say lack of athleticism because they're they're athletes. They would dominate me on like you know most men on a court anyway. But mm-hmm. there's just something lacking in the WNBA. But in soccer and in tennis, it's not man. They're fun sports to watch. I, I truly believe that. And, and, you know, it would be, it would kind of be like saying like the women's marathon is only going to be 18 miles or the men's marathon is going to be 26.2. Exactly. Right? It's like yeah, say, it's exactly. saying the exact same thing. Yeah. So I don't know. That doesn't make sense. But anyways, it goes on in this article and, uh, they, they scrape some data of the heights of players. This, uh, in the 2019 season, um, for the WNBA and they did the same thing for the height of NBA players from 2016 to 2017. And the mean height for WNBA players in 2019 was 72.57 inches. And the mean height for NBA players was 79.10 inches. This is a difference of about five mm-hmm. inches or so. Yeah. And they play from the same rim. <laughs> okay. So that's kind of crazy. So then, so then he said, uh, they, they said that, you know, they're going to take in some uh, vertical jump statistics and some standing reach statistics. And they found that uh, with a ball in their hand, an NBA player, a a male NBA player 
can reach a height of 133 inches. And a WNBA player can reach a height of 115 inches. <laughs> so this is a difference of, of, of over 15 inches. With both rims at 10 feet or 120 inches, an average NBA player more than meets the vertical jump requirement to dunk a ball. Whereas an, a WNBA player is short by about 10 each inches. And neither of these calculations consider a running start. This is mm. just from standing. Uh, so they put it in perspective to see what the rim height the men would be playing at if they had the same height disadvantage. And it's an 11 and a half foot rim. Damn. So if if we took into account the, the height difference between men and women standing vertical jump with a basketball, and we said, okay, we're not going to make the rim lower for women, we're going to make the rim higher for men, it would be an 11 and a half foot rim. How many people do you think could dunk in the, in the NBA at an 11 and a half foot rim? Yeah, not nearly as many for sure. Not nearly as many. Maybe... Yeah. 5%, maybe 10% of the of the basketball players today can do that. So to give the same sort of height advantage, I guess, or, or, or to make it more equal, uh, more equal game, the, the recommendation is eight feet, eight inches rim height for women's basketball. I wonder, I just wonder like, like these people, these women have played at a 10 foot rim. And it, like, if you did it to the men, same thing, they've, they, these professionals have played at 10 feet for so long, like how much would that fuck with the mechanics of everything you're doing? That's a great point. You know? Because it changes the game entirely. It's like, uh, it's almost like maybe not quite as equal, but uh, like the M- the MLB putting in a pitch clock, right? Yeah. It's the only, it's the only uh, stage of that game where you're timed while you're batting and pitching. Changes the game entirely. One of the, one of the ideas here is that if you make the rim lower, that means you're going to get more action in the paint because you're going to be able to score easier in the paint, which frees up the perimeter shooters and you're going to have more three point shooting, more scoring, more exciting game. That's the idea. I understand there's like a pride aspect of this as well. Cause you're saying, all right, women, we're going to take the rim down for you because you need it. And, uh, that, that I can't not hurt an ego. I, I think, but at the end of the day, why, why would we hold women to the same height standard, which is we, we clearly laid out is completely different than what men have to deal with in the NBA. I don't know. I am all for it. As long as it, it's re- received uh, warmly by those who play the game. I don't play the game. Yeah. I don't watch the w- I don't watch the NBA. So I, I really have no horse in this fight. I could care less. I'm not a big basketball fan, but it just, ma- it makes sense to me that you would make, you're not even giving it like a competitive advantage. You're just making the playing field fair. I think is all you're doing here. Yeah, and they got to do something, man, because they've been in existence for 25 years and have never turned a profit as an organization. Uh, they they are given roughly the estimated to be about 15 million a year from the NBA to subsidize them, and ESPN pays them about 25 million to, and that's so that's one of the reasons why you're seeing so much like them pushing it so hard because they're well invested into it. And still not turning a profit. So it's like, understand that they want to be paid more and, and all these other things. But it's like, if, if your sport isn't interesting, I, you can't just like make it a, a juggernaut like the WNBA and all these other leagues just because you want it to be. Just because it should be fair. That's, that's not right. how the world works. If you don't have a good product, if you have any TV show that sucks, nobody watches it for 25 years. I'd be really surprised if it's still on TV, you know, like, yeah, imagine ABC <laughs> subsidizing a, a, a canceled show of NBC or something like that, just because yes. they want to prop it up because it's, you know, because they want to keep, you know, if you're ESPN, you could take that $25 million, you can lobby for the rim to be lowered, and then you can play highlights of Brittany Griner yamming it down someone's throat. And how much is that worth <laughs> to you? Do you know what right. I'm saying? 
saying? Like, like if yeah. you could, if you could cut highlights of, of that magnitude and market the game that way, yeah, you're going to see more people interested. Absolutely. It makes me feel so barbarian though. You'd be like, well, if they dunked it, I'd watch it. <laughs> I feel like so dumb with like saying that, but like I've, I've tried to, I've gone to WNBA <laughs> games. I've tried to watch it. Have you TV. really? Yeah. Yeah. Chicago's guy, they're ballers, bro. They're like one of the best teams in the WNBA. Uh, until like the aces came in and, and now it seems like aces in New York, they're kind of doing like the, the big three thing that happened at mm. WNBA, try to, you know, consolidate power. But, uh, WM, yeah, the sky won the WNBA, I think two years ago, but yeah, it's, it's, we went, it's cool. There was like a couple hundred people there maybe. And the people who we got the tickets from basically like called and accosted Sarah over and over and over again to buy tickets. We got them for a stupid <laughs> price, stupid <laughs> price. It's just like, I can see why they don't like money because they're, they're like begging you to come and, and, you know, charging, I think our tickets were like 10 bucks. Like it's yeah. just, it sucks, but it's like, if the product's just not there overall, I, I don't know. I don't know. And I, I don't know why I, dunking would like add so much to it for me, but I, I think you would just see more of their athleticism that they do have come out if they did something like that. Cause they're athlete, they are athletic. They would dominate most people. Yeah. It's, it's not nice to make jokes about the WNBA, but we all know them. We've all heard them and there's not, it's, they're not, the reason that you you mock something or make fun of it is not because it's not unfounded. It's because you either have a sense of humor, or you're mean spirited, or, or a little bit of both. So, so it might be that uh, I, we're we're looking at this from a different lens than we should be. Where it's like, yeah, this is a different game. This isn't the basketball that you're used to, but it's not meant to be that. Right. Right. So we're not going to make the game more like how the men play it. We're just going to play our game. This is regulation basketball. Diana Tarasi is a name. Yep. Another, I don't know another who she legend is. of the game. Okay. Yeah. So that's Isn't that funny? To... One of like the best basketball, women basketball players of all time. And you have no idea who she is. I literally have no idea. Not that you're like a huge basketball fan, but like, yeah. Like if I said like, I don't know, Scotty Pippen or someone like that, you'd be like, oh yeah, Scotty Pippen. Yeah, of course. Scotty. Um, <laughs> she's quoted saying, uh, might as well put us in skirts and back in the kitchen. Responded mm. to Del Don's comments uh, yeah, about lowering the rim. So, you know, it, I don't know. I don't know. Again, if it's not warmly received by those who play it, then it's a moot point anyway and whatever. To spin off this, can I show you something sweet uh, Sarah showed me yesterday? Yes, please. Let me share this. This this won't be super exciting for the listeners. I'll try to explain it to you as much as I can. But this is a commercial that France put out for the Women's World Cup. And I think it's very cool. <laughs> Showing a bunch of clips of the World Cup men's winning team, Mbappe and many others. Just showing awesome goals. They're all men. It's all men, right? These are the blues we love. But that's not them you've just seen. Wait up, roll it back. The whole commercial up to this point has been AI generated, Frank. I knew there were I knew there were too few fans 
<laughs> but look, they're balling, bro. That's pretty cool. You know, I think it's supposed to just show you like your preconceived notions of like, yeah, dude, men's soccer is so much cooler. And then you're like, oh shit, those are, that was all women. Maybe, maybe uh, I have an American bias, but I feel like we don't think that way here. Mm, what do you mean about soccer? I think we like the women's national team more than we like the men's national team because they're good. They win. They're, the they're the like world. heavy favorites. Yeah. They're the best in the all world. Time. Barely beat Netherlands yesterday, actually scraped out a tie, but, uh, did, so they didn't beat them, but it's a bummer that they're, uh, they're playing in Australia because the times are kind of wacky, but mm-hmm. especially out here in the, in the East Coast. But yeah, like I know as many names of, again, soccer is like the NBA for me. I don't watch a ton of it, but um, I know as many women soccer players as I do men soccer players. Yeah, right, right, right. But like their pay discrepancy is humongous. <sighs> yeah, there's there's a lot in there that needs to be unpacked at a different date because I'm not going you know, to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's just... It, <sighs> It's interesting. And it's also interesting. What I've also heard is that like the women's team as recently as a few years ago lost to our one of our U15 uh, teams down in Dallas. They got destroyed. You know, so it's and yeah, not even close. So it's like, uh, but like in this when you're watching women's soccer, you don't see that difference. You know what I'm saying? So like when you compare it in your head that way, it kind of kills it. But when you're watching it on the field, just as that commercial just demonstrated, it's like, fuck yeah, that's good soccer. That's good football, you know? So It is good football, and I wish them the best. I hope they bring it home for old yeah. glory. Fuck yeah. Um, all right, we can go in a Hunter Biden direction, or we can go in a UFO mm. direction. Let's let's save UFOs. Let, let's let's but, see what old Hunter's up to. Both are pertinent at the moment. Heard he got bailed out yesterday. You know, not, not really, actually, not really at all. I'll start here. This is White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Jean-Pierre. This was like Monday, I think. Yeah, this was Monday. Before the court hearing for the plea deal yesterday with Hunter Biden. And Chairman James Comer today says that the Oversight Committee, excuse me, has evidence that the president in the past communicated directly with foreign business associates of his son Hunter Biden many times. Curious if the White House and the president still stand behind his comment that he's never been involved and has never even uh, spoken to his son about his. Business. So I've been I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president ha- was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. Okay. That, that that's not what was said before at all. The president was asked many times, "Have you spoken to your son about his business dealings? Do you know?" about your son's business dealings. And he has declined forthright that he has spoken with Hunter Biden, that he knows anything about Hunter Biden's business dealings, that him and his son's business dealings are completely separate. He's never talked about him at all once or not. He's not associated at all with it ever. There is a friend of Hunter Biden's that is supposed to be, was supposed to be testifying on Tuesday to this oversight committee. And then that got delayed, maybe because of this plea hearing that Hunter Biden had yesterday. But he claims to have evidence that on more than a dozen occasions, uh, Hunter Biden was talking about his business dealings while on Air Force One with his uh, father as he was vice president. I was um, going to say, wasn't there even like proof of a WhatsApp message where he was kind of flexing Joe being in the room and kind of using yes, him dude. as like a uh, strong yes. arm? Yeah. Hunter Biden has funneled $17 million into his own coffers uh, using his family name. It would be asinine to think that Joe Biden wasn't a part of that because mm-hmm. you don't peddle influence if you're the vice president's son. You peddle influence because you are the vice president's son because the vice president is your father. So 
all very ridiculous. Tuesday, this guy is supposed to testify. He doesn't testify. Then yesterday, there was this plea hearing. And you might have heard it. You might not have. Hunter Biden got a plea deal that basically said, if you go on probation and you don't do anything dumb, that you'll never get persecuted for uh, any crimes, basically. You have to plead guilty um, to... I think it's the gun charge. A proposed plea deal under which the younger Biden would have to likely serve no time in prison in exchange for a guilty plea on two tax charges and avoided a gun charge by agreeing to remain drug-free and never own a firearm again. So plead guilty to the tax charges, not get charged for the gun charge where he owned a gun while being a drug addict and then had his ex-wife, who was his brother's widow, toss that gun behind a school in a dumpster. This is... Not a joke. This is what happened. wonder how many uh, black dudes in inner cities are getting their gun charges dropped. You know what easily. I'm saying, man? You know what bullshit, I'm saying? Man, such Unbelievable. Bullshit. Unbelievable. So anyways, so this plea deal's in place. They have this hearing. And then the judge kind of like sniffed a rat, if you will. And she was like, this is odd that this plea deal, I'm not going to get into the, the legal proceedings, because it is very complicated. There's like one legal proceeding that was referenced in this plea deal. And because it was referenced in this plea deal, it kind of gave Hunter Biden this like big, I don't know, like protection bubble, meaning you can't do anything. Mm. And so um, the judge was like, I don't know about this. And it kind of caused chaos in the courtroom. Hunter Biden's attorneys were pissed and the government was pissed. Everybody was pissed because they had it all they had it all ready to go. And, and, and then uh, this judge, Marilyn Narika, refused to approve either the tax or gun agreement saying that they contain atypical provisions. That's what I'm talking about. It referenced a, a, a hearing that wasn't in this hearing, all very odd. And the Justice Department lawyers left open the possibility that the president's son could face additional charges, including related to his foreign lobbying, prompting a disagreement with his defense attorneys. So the idea was he was going to get off scot-free and and not be charged or looked at with anything uh, for his uh, uh, dealings with Burisma in the Ukraine or dealings with energy companies in China and the dozen plus shell companies that he opened up and the $17 million that got funneled into those companies that happened to coincide with the dates that his father was vice president and the WhatsApp message that said that his father was right there and that if you don't do what I say, that I'm going to hold a grudge forever and make your life a living hell. And Joe Biden bragging that he needed to get money from this energy company in the Ukraine and, and wanted to get this prosecutor fired so that nobody looked at him. And he bragged about getting him fired and that the money was funneled after the, the guy got fired and this, that, and the other. I mean, dude, it is the, it is one of the, somebody said, if this half of this is true, it's the biggest scandal in political history. This is 10 times what Watergate ever was. And, uh, it just kind of seems to be floating in the, uh, in the ether. Of course. And that's why you, I, and anybody else should not ever care about uh, presidential politics because it means absolutely nothing to your life. These people don't care about you. I think we need to get old people out of politics though, Frank. I've been saying it for a long time, man. Not only because of their, uh, cognitive losses as they get older, just like anyone experiences, but, uh, because of how entrenched they become. I think that's a perfect example of right. it right here. You know? You bet, man. And and then their ability to cover it all up and get off pretty much scot-free at any time that they want. It's, it's fucked up. Never mind that uh, they have seizures uh, right outside the, the Senate floor in front of the nation. I'm talking about Mitch. Talking about, I'm talking about Mitch McConnell. Dude, bad look. Bad look. Super bad look, man. Oh, I feel, I felt Terrible. bad for him. But at the same time, I'm like, dude, this is... 
it's proof. You're 81. You fucking should be at home chilling, maybe on a golf course or chilling at the country club, but like yeah. should be eat, eating toast and Swiss cheese every morning and just kicking <laughs> it, man. Should not be it's rough. setting policies and agendas and all this shit for the rest of the country. It's it's not this. We're seeing the system we have, man. It, whether it's Republican or Democratic, it's it's not not working, man. And it's, it's all just a, a shit show of a power grab and it's, it's not effective government. That's what power does. Yeah. It's what power does, man. You can't let go of that. You can't let go of it. What is it? Complete power corrupts completely. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. There you go. All right. Well, let's talk about some UFOs. It's not yeah. <laughs> I've been on the record before and I'll say it again, especially after yesterday. This is all bullshit. What? This, and this guy's going bullshit. to prison for a long fucking time, Frank. This is all bullshit. Uh, I disagree. Don't, okay, so we were told yesterday that there is, I think they called it non-human biologics mm-hmm. in the possession of the United States government via the military that were captured from a unidentified aerial projector or whatever, UAP, unidentified anomalous phenomena. Not just one, but yes. They say we've had records since the 30s. Show us. Ah, but we, I'd love to see it. Yeah. Where's the proof? Uh, hidden in our, in our governments, you know, in the underbelly of our government, just like the 50 miles of shelves under the Vatican that hold all the secrets to the world that no one gets to know about. I don't know how accurate this is, but I'll show you anyway, because I thought it was interesting. This is a light up map of UFO sightings. In the world, mm-hmm. interesting how it's all the United States and a little bit of Europe. I've, what I've heard is they gravitate around our nuclear facilities, and don't we have the most nukes? No, Russia does. Do so that? by by that, yeah, oh yeah, um, by that logic, it, they should be in in Russia. It's our government, dude. It's our how government. So? They're fucking with us. You think? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Mm. It's either secret equipment or secret technology that we have or that somebody else has. But if there are aliens, whatever you want to call them. I just want proof, man. I don't need a, I don't need a secret hearing in front of Congress. I don't need a whistleblower. It seems all too convenient, man. I don't know. It, it just, ugh. it just doesn't feel right. Like it just feels like bullshit. I could see that based on that map for sure. I will say that the same guy that testified yesterday, he mentioned that UAPs were so prolific that it became uh, part of their, um, part of like their risk profile. And their briefings for their their pre flight uh, pre flight reports, so it's it's not like people are imagining these things. This guy describes a black cube inside of a clear sphere, five to fifteen feet in diameter, um, that move in ways that we cannot explain. I I, I don't uh, like I I don't I don't discount what people to, to me it's like ghosts, right? Like I've not had a reason to believe that the the supernatural exists in a in a way that manifests itself in, in ghosts or spirits or people knocking on my door unexpectedly or, or a smell that just happens to, to waft up, you know, out of nowhere and then disappear. If, if that's what you've seen, I have, I have no reason to disbelieve you. And if you've seen a UFO or UAP or whatever, I have no reason to, to say that you're wrong. I just think it's all bullshit. I don't know, man. I just think I, it's all Have bullshit. you ever listened to Bob Lazar like speak at length oh, yeah. about this? I've listened to all of it. He must be the best liar in the world then. I've heard him talk for 15 plus hours on different podcasts and documentaries and yada yada. And that dude's not lying as far as I can tell, man. He's he's telling the truth for the most part. I don't discount what he's seen or what he's experienced. I just don't know that it's like otherworldly. I, I mean, but he's like seeing bodies of aliens and their, their spacecraft. Like, that would be you discounting what he's seen then. Not discounting what he's seeing, but I mean, how does he know? 
because he worked in the facilities. He was reverse engineering UFOs. That's that's literally what he, his whole job was. That's how he's kind of built his whole career, I guess, or like his career post that. Well, uh, this uh, congressional panel is saying that they're not going to stop with this Navy pilot uh, and that they're going to start naming names and get more transparency around it. Quote, the lack of transparency regarding UAPs has fueled wild speculation and debate for decades, eroding public trust in the very institutions that are meant to serve and protect them. You can say that about anything. There lies a pressing demand for government transparency and accountability that cannot be overlooked. And that's been a problem that's been around for 50 years. I've never been the type of person that likes uh, anybody to hold information against or, or from me for, for the sake of protecting me from the information. So yeah, if there's information out there, if there's proof, if there's evidence, put it out in the open. You, like, like the government doesn't get to just hold on to this and, and not, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know anything about it. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. could, it be could it be dangerous for another country to know what we know? Maybe, I don't know. Could be. I mean, there, it's, it's a national security issue to a point, I guess. But I, I mean, I, when I was watching this hearing yesterday, like you could tell he, he was being very selective with what he was saying and like saying with a lot of the questions they asked him, like, I can't answer that in a public setting. I will tell you like in sidebar basically. So like they were, they were asking like a lot of questions where he could have like really spilled the beans. And for some reason he was like really holding back. Uh, I mean, I guess you could see that from either side of this argument of like why he was doing that. But uh, I mean, this guy is not like some weirdo, like the singer of Blink-182 UFO investigator. Like he, he's an Air Force intelligence officer. He was detailed to the National Reconnaissance Office, which is the agency that operates all the U.S. spy satellites. Like this, this guy is a guy, David uh, Grush. Mm -hmm. Major David Grush, like he he has a, a great career behind him. He, he, there's no reason why I, I that I can see that he would lie about this stuff. And and the best way I think that they're finding to get this stuff to the public is go through Congress and make it look like it is a national security in the best interest of our Air Force pilots and others, like so that they don't get taken out in in air. He detailed many people that he's known that have been hurt by these things. But I mean, dude, from his accounts, I just, I can't, unless he's, like you're saying, unless he's being like forced by the U.S. government to like mislead us and just like have us focus on this because some other shit's going on, which I could, I could see, don't trust the government. But when I see the Pentagon, the backlash that they're giving this and trying to totally discredit this and there's, there's no, you know, no evidence, all this other shit. It's like, well, I have a very healthy skepticism of what my government's telling me. So I, I'm, I'm more inclined to believe the whistleblower than to believe the Pentagon when we know there was a crash in Roswell in the thirties and shit was recovered. It was reported in the newspapers, you know, mm -hmm. before they could censor the news. I, I just think I, everything I'm seeing points to, and, and that's just maybe because I, I want, it to be true or I truly believe that it's true but like the things that I'm seeing I side with like a whistleblower over what the government's trying to tell me if there was concrete evidence that this was going on I wouldn't be like oh oh my god mm -hmm. aliens no I, like it, I wouldn't be surprised I don't know man it just seems like uh, we've been going at this for too long there's still like not a non-grainy photo or video or picture that that we have that that shows something and, and maybe that's by design maybe because we can't capture you know like I, I, i'm willing to believe any of that think about that too when you're standing outside of nature and you're like oh my god this is fucking amazing or looking up at the stars and our fucking camera phones are as good as most like high quality cameras these days like these things are no fucking slouch and you go up to take a picture of the stars or the moon or whatever the fuck it's it looks terrible it's never like what you're seeing in person so it's like Obviously, that would happen if you're, you know, way up in an airplane looking at something a couple a thousand feet away or whatever. And, and you're because there's plenty of those videos of from our own Air Force showing this kind of stuff. The pill that was out in San Diego by you, 
You know, like there's so many videos that show that. It's how do you, I don't know how good of a fucking camera you need to capture that in HD, but like, I mean, our fucking phone cameras and shit are pretty damn good. And that looks like, like trash compared to what I see when I'm looking at the stars at night. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I see that map with all those sightings and I just, That's true. The map's so interesting. many. The map's and very it's interesting. all here and we can't get pictures of it. You, and the UK was pretty bright too, though, on that map. Yeah, it was. And, and Hawaii was lit up. And I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to make of any of it. I, I, just, I have no what idea. What if we're partners with them? What if the U.S. Maybe. From when they founded in the 30s or whenever? Because apparently, I've heard a story. This is not fact. Like, this will discredit my my argument probably a little bit. But I've heard that in the 30s or 40s, we recovered an alien who, his name was Efe, E-F-E. And he, like, lived among us, within us, worked with us uh, for several, several years. I think he died in, like, the 60s. But, like, shared a bunch of shit about intelligence, their culture, their their not even culture, but like their their species shared a bunch of shit like that. I don't know, dude. And that's what I'm saying. Until I know, I'm, I don't like speculating about it because it would be. I mean, I don't know. It, or my, I'll, I'll speak for myself. My brain's too small. Too small to comprehend that there could be other life in this vast gal- like universe that we live in. To comprehend all of the possible realities <laughs> of what it could mean if we were visited by an alien species and we have the proof and they're, you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. And in this Effie story, he, he also shared that their, their technology was over 50,000 years advanced from ours. So just like, think about like what would we would be able to do if we haven't blown our, ourselves up in 50,000 years. Think what we've done in 120 years, you know, they right. could definitely get here undetected and, and even live among us. And we'd never fucking know if, if they're that advanced, if that's true. Perhaps. Open the possibility, but sure. uh, I like I need I need concrete proof before I I don't know man it's just too much speculation. I got a, a concrete space story for you though that just happened. Do you know we could have almost died like two weeks ago? Yeah, and I saw it. We didn't know until <laughs> until after we almost dude, died. Dude, a skyscraper sized asteroid flew closer to the Earth than the Moon, and we didn't even know for two days until after it happened. Insane. Whoops. Yeah, now dubbed the 2023 NT1, the roughly 200 foot wide space rock sailed past our planet on July 13th traveling at an estimated 53,000 miles per hour, according to NASA. However, because the rock flew toward the Earth from the direction of the sun, our stars glare behind telescopes to the asteroid's approach, basically like blocked it. We couldn't see it at all. Mm. Uh, and we didn't notice till, till two days later when a telescope in South Africa, which is part of the ATLAS program, the Asteroid Terrestrial Impact Last Alert System. So our last alert system told us two days after it would have happened. Basically, they, <laughs> they saw this flying away from us. I get the size of this, I guess, isn't large enough to be considered a potentially hazardous or like world-ending object heading our way. And scientists say that uh, from what they're looking out in space and seeing, you know, moving around and whatnot, the Earth is safe from a devastation, extinction event asteroid for at least the next 1,000 years. So I don't believe cool. you. I, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> but still, like the sun, like that sun dilemma isn't going away. And uh, there's a program in place right now. It's called the Neomir mission. And it's a satellite that they're going to put up uh, in between us and the sun that has some kind of like I don't know if it'd be UV blocker or whatever it is so that they can kind of see past it or see better past it. Uh, and that's going to launch around 2030. So hopefully no more of these come before 2030. But interesting. I do that. That's wild as fuck to me that we didn't, our, our best defense system for these things didn't know for two days later. <laughs> yeah, that's 
highly concerning. Yeah. Uh, although it would have been a sweet relief to have that meteor just hit us and then it's like, <laughs> I tell you what, um, oh. there's some interesting things going on in the Bay Area, have been for a while. This is in Oakland. Oakland? Oh, that's pretty granny video, Frank. <laughs> Come on now. What are we seeing? Is this dash cam footage from a police car? It's a dash cam of a, just a regular passenger no. vehicle driving down Oakland Hills. Ah! Robbery? Yep. No, I'm getting robbed. Didn't shoot at her. She's driving away. They did shoot at her. Oh, did they? I didn't yes. even hear the shots. Are they chasing her? Do you know? They are chasing her. Oh, shit. So there's a woman driving in the Oakland Hills. There's a Dodge Charger in front of her. It's a two-lane road. Uh, they pull off to the side uh, where there's a, like a median where you really can't get around on the left and you can't get around the vehicle on the right because there's a bunch of trees. Uh, and two armed men come out and try to carjack her, and she ends up swerving away according to what i've read they, they did open fire at her uh followed her after and uh were eventually uh apprehended oh, so good. that's oakland we know about oakland it's not the safest not, place to be not great yeah this is san francisco proper oh yeah fuck the car bro <laughs> what the fuck oh shit. holy shit he is shooting they're in the middle of the fucking interstate highway. That looks like a five-lane highway. Mm -hmm. He just parked sideways. Holy middle shit, of the interstate. Dude. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Woman. Oh, my God. Yeah. oh, my God. Oh, fuck that. It's a lady. She's Whoa. got a pistol. Bro. And she's shooting. What the fuck? What the fuck? Butt naked. At least she's walking in the middle. She ran out. She ran out. She ran out. Looks yeah, to be the uh, 680. Holy shit, dude. Got an ass on her, though. Holy shit. <laughs> thank you thank you for that and then just this week jesus christ what's in the water out in fucking northern california frank i guess central california wouldn't that be their state's so fucking big central northern ish uh so that was on the freeway in san francisco this is in the city of san francisco damn holy shit <laughs> the listeners just went like probably 50, 60 miles through a barrier and down a huge-ass hill. Flipped the car. Holy shit. And you're okay. Wow. Got out of the car. Oh, my God. Yeah, call 911. Yeah, so they, call. So they had uh, stole that car. Oh. They were hammered, and they drove off of a cliff onto a street below, crashing into a tree, flipped the car over. Don't go to San Francisco. No matter what you do, do not go there. We're going in a couple weeks. I, I, I just, I don't know, man. Oof. We had a good time in San Fran, though. Went to Hippie we Hill. Did. That was cool. Ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Lots changed, I we guess. We did. A lot, apparently. Ugh. Oh, man. Um, any exclamation? Any, ex like, any uh, idea why it's happening in this area so much, these crazy events? Yeah, because they don't prosecute crime and they don't, uh, police crime. Uh, if you don't police crime and you don't prosecute crime, there will be a proliferation of criminals. It's a wild idea. I mean, it's can, just like, can you remind think, me who's running their politics and and these these policies that are put in place? The former mayor of San Francisco and now governor Gavin Newsom. Ah, uh, Gavin yeah. Mussolini. Yeah. <laughs> 
so remember this when uh, he inevitably runs for president, uh, come into a neighborhood near you. Mm. Uh, Bud Light has finally laid off some of their, uh, their workers. Okay. They cut about 2% of their U.S. workforce, about 18,000 employees. I don't know. I don't know if it's true or not, or if they were just getting rid of that batch or whatever, but Costco, when, if you know, if you know the ends of Costco, they'll have an asterisk on the top right corner of the price sign. It means that it's like the end of that product Mm -hmm. that they're just selling out of it. And, 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 and so they've discounted it. Uh, and they had that on a pallet of Bud Light. Hmm. So I don't know. I don't know that that means they're not selling Bud Light. I I don't know. I guess you could read it. Because they're a West Coast company, right? Aren't they Seattle based? You would think that they would be for the movement of for profit yes they're for yeah profit. they are for yes <laughs> you betcha um interesting hey interesting. crazy crazy stuff going on in israel too um so the president of or the prime minister of israel benjamin netanyahu was uh doing oh, yeah. an interview with lex friedman it was supposed to be three hours he had to end it an hour early because there was like people protesting him in his, in his own country uh, and it's because uh, the parliament in Israel, known as the Knesset or Knesset, they passed the first part of a broader plan to limit the powers of the Supreme Court and hand more control to lawmakers. Uh, proponents of the plan say the court is controlled by liberal justices who too quickly overturn the will of the people and must be reined in to restore proper balance between the branches of government. Opponents say that the efforts aimed at weakening the courts that Netanyahu's coalition of right-wing ultra-nationalists and religiously conservative pol- political parties can enact legislation that would destroy Israel's liberal democracy and pass legislation that would trample on minority rights and impose more religion in the public sphere. So it looks like, and this is, a, I don't know very much about Jerusalem or excuse me, about Israel or about uh, their politics, but it does look like the Supreme Court has a lot more power than does our Supreme Court here and that they don't need like constitutionality to strike down a law or say that it, you know, they could basically be like, hey, we don't like this law. Uh, so we're not going to, uh, we're not going to deem it legal. And, uh, you know, I think it's the same thing here, right? Like when a lot of liberal things were, were going through the Supreme Court here, nobody had a problem with it. But as soon as it starts to turn a little bit more conservative, people think that we need to pack the court and that we need to. Uh, I just had a conversation with someone about this over the weekend. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, just... eb- the ebbs and flows and like you may not like it. Uh, the, the, I think where it, it crosses the line where, where it really gets people is when is when it becomes about, quote, your rights. If you're trampling on my rights, then I don't care if you're a conservative or whatever, you can't exist in, in, we can't be accepting of the fact that there is a more conservative leaning court because it's, quote, infringing on my rights. Then, then there's no no room for discussion, right? Like, like you can't even say, like, is it traveling on your rights? You know, it, and it looks like here that that a a coalition government in Israel that is very conservative is saying this court is going too far, and then the people are saying this could impose on my right, or this, you know, this could lead to this, that, and the other. But but it, they're not saying that it will or it has. They're saying that they fear that it will, and that's why they're. Uh, protesting that's why they're demonstrating uh so i don't know but there's like mass demonstrations man like crazy in support of what israel's doing or no 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 against no, no. uh against the, the the judicial overhaul if you will mm. quote every single thing that is legal and non-violent is on the table said shikma brussler an israel israeli physicist one of the leaders of the protest movement brussler said that could mean more strikes and disruptions of major highways and public transportation 
here's Benjamin Netanyahu saying, in no way is carrying out the will of the voter end of democracy. It is the essence of democracy. So I don't know, man. I, uh, maybe the, maybe it's a crackdown, but it does, see, it does seem like the court has like a ton of power, like a ton of power. Like they're really able to just kind of do whatever they want. But there's like uh, uh, a bunch of people in the military who are like, I'm not going to work. Hmm. Like Air Force pilot saying, I'm not going to go fly these planes. Fuck you. Like, I'm not doing this. So, I don't know. It's a lot of turmoil in an area where there's already a ton of turmoil. Yeah. You bet. Like, nonstop turmoil for thousands of years. It's very strange. Isn't it? It is very strange. I was listening to a podcast and it was talking, it was really, it put it in an interesting light. It was like, it's not like, like, Muslims versus or Arabs versus Christians or versus Jews. It's my story versus your story. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's great. When you put it in that light, it's fucking wild, right? Yeah. Because take the story away, we're just people. But I believe in this story so much that I'm going to like hurl rockets at your country uh, because of the story that we're telling ourselves. Insane. And I'm not saying that's like one, one, like one group or the other. I, I, yeah. Right. Uh, right. It's, I don't know. I don't know. It's so, they literally it's fought all, for the Holy so land for like, how long were the crusades? A couple hundred years, hundred years. Uh, I forget. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, they even had the Egyptians in that bitch trying to get that land. I'm like, you guys aren't even affiliated with Jerusalem. What? <laughs> what the hell? Right. I, I learned that recently. I never really realized the Egyptians were involved in the crusades, but they were, it, but it is interesting, right? Like the, like the idea of a nation state, a Jewish state, like how can you, how can you not have some sort of controversy, Yeah, you know, or butting of heads? It would be like if uh, Texas seceded and it became the, uh, you know, the, the Christian state of Texas or whatever, like a Christian state, like that would be, people would be concerned about that. It is interesting how religion has led to the most embattled, controversial area in the world for thousands of years. It right? is interesting. The story. It's the, the story. story. It is. You said you had one more story for me about meat, and I, I'm not one to miss a meat story. I don't have time for that right now. Damn it. Apologies. <laughs> it, I mean, the essence of the story was that there, the the USDA or the, the federalization of meat has pretty much cut out all local farmers from growing their business um, through interstate commerce. Oh, that's good. So like you, you can sell, you think that's good, you say? No, that was sarcasm. That's, oh. that's not good. Oh. That just means they, they centralize everything and put all kinds of crazy shit in our foods. Yeah, yeah, correct. So, so, so basically you get um, like a monopoly on the meat that we eat and you make it harder for local farms to branch out and sell their, their meat. Uh, and you also make it more expensive for them to do that. Um, and so... Well, something that we won't do because we never do, but we should look at the uh, defederalization of the meat uh, industry, particularly uh, beef and pork. Agreed. That was it's a good, whole other good episode. reporting. We could good thank reporting. You. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I um, uh, appreciate y'all being here. Hey, if you're still here and listening, uh, give us give us a rating on wherever you're listening. That would be helpful. <sighs> Um, and if you'd like to suggest topics or suggest uh, people that we should talk to, you can send us an email, bummerdude.media at gmail.com, bummerdude.media at gmail.com. You can get us on Twitter at friendshipnh and Instagram and TikTok at friendshipnewshour. We'll see you next time.